Welcome back to Effort Over Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and today I'm joined with our team from NC Fit, Gabe Yanez and MDV. Love talking to these guys. Today, it naturally just sparked off the conversation we had last week where we start talking about Castro and his exit from CrossFit for a little bit. Then we talk about leadership. We talk about culture. Talk about glucose spikes and jujitsu as of recently, as you guys heard me on last week's episode, I'm wearing the CGM, very, very interested in it, not making it a bigger deal than it needs to be, but I am just curious on the data. I'll continue to fill you guys in. We talk a little bit about that on today's episode. And we finish off this idea of carnivore and the EOE 40 challenge that we're currently doing. I am uh, currently at this point, eight days into primarily animal-based carnivore, feeling good. We'll be sharing more and more of that every single week on the podcast. Before we dive into the episode, if you like these episodes, if you're getting value from them, or if you want to hear us talk about something else, we are going to start be doing uh, live shows. So stay tuned on our IG. We'll be doing some live shows. We'll be able to do some Q&A episodes, which I think are going to be a lot of fun. Finally, finding a groove for how many episodes we want to put out a week and how we can engage better with people and try and add as much value as we possibly can. So let's dive in an incredible episode with the team from NC Fit, Gabe Giannis and MDV for Effort Weekly, Volume 14. Let's go. It just seems like the news with Dave that we were talking about just doesn't seem to stop is, is what I'm gathering is that it's big news. Well, it is big news, but so Dave Castro was let go from cross HQ. We talked about this last week, shared some of our perspectives. And as we noted, MDV, you made a really good point. I thought that this is not like insider information. This is just our perspective. Um, knowing the, 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 you know, being in the industry a really long time and knowing Dave personally for a long time and knowing HQ really well, but here we are a week, uh, what are we, like almost two weeks later, and it seems like almost every single day, the Morning Chalk Up is still talking about something related to Dave, which I find pretty interesting, like, oh, how Dave impacted programming on regionals, how Dave impacted programming on games, and then there's constantly been posts and about Eric Rosa talking to different people, so it seems like it's going on longer in the news cycle than I anticipated. Well, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> because this is so fucking obvious that this would happen, because I'm not saying that Dave Castro is Donald Trump, but the morning chalk up is using <laughs> Dave Castro like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking it's, clicks. Yeah. Gonna, it's, like, it's every day you're going to see. Yeah, it's selling. It's, it's, it's big news. This is the biggest news in CrossFit since uh, Greg Glassman's comments on uh, Floyd 19. You know, like, yeah, this is, this is big stuff. And I, you know, it's going to be milked to no end. But you guys are also saying that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the space who are contributing to the news cycle as well, putting stuff out there on social media and talking about this thing. But it's no shock to me that the morning chalk up is really going yeah, hard. I mean, if, yeah. if I was, if I was the morning chalk up, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Like we joke around about it all the time because of kind of where we are in our fandom of the sport of fitness. Like I think that the past week and a half or however long it's been, has been the, and, and this is nothing. We love the morning chalk up. It's just where we are, or at least where I am. It's the most I've read the morning chalk up in like two years has been the last week and a half because I'm genuinely interested in this. Whereas like before, like, you know, Sarah Sigmund's daughter pulling out of Dubai, like just, you know, it, it wasn't going to make me read it. So I, I can see why they're, <laughs> MPV's dying, why they're, they're, they're using this story, but it is interesting. You know, Dave Castro has been such a, you know, polarizing figure for so long. You know, I think it's, it's a really interesting story. Also, like I was saying, to see kind of who's coming out and being outspoken, you know, either for or against the move. It's been very interesting to follow, you know, the, the uh, reaction. One thing I liked is what Stu, our friend from WTF Gym Talk, put out. Um, I signed up for his weekly newsletter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read that one too. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Man. And he just went on and on about how, like, if you're a gym owner, like, you shouldn't care. Like, they, like people come and go in big organizations. And I think he had a good point. And obviously he's a little bit on the like harsher side about what the point he's giving. But essentially the point was, you know, having this like emotional reaction to what the CrossFit home office is doing and like the turnover and leadership, you know, it's just detracting you from the business. Like, is that really going to impact the day-to-day -day of your business? And he was using it as an example to show that like, you know, there has to be a level of maturity and professionalism at the gym owner level, where if something like Dave Castro happens, like 
fine. You can have your reaction to it, but it shouldn't like really like affect your decision of like, are you going to affiliate or not? Like, are you going to like this or that? Like people almost like put too much weight on these emotional decisions instead of really being the business owner. And I thought that was just an interesting point. Granted, he said it in a different way. Of course. This is a super interesting point. And I I think that Stu's spot on with his Mm -hmm. read on the community. We are a social, I mean, we are a super emotional community. Always have been. If you think back to the days of like the message boards, if you go back on the message boards and cross it back in the day, you were entering into the sixth circle of hell. Like that was the nastiest, dirtiest place on the planet. It was like pre Reddit type of stuff on there. It was always outrageous stuff on the CrossFit message boards. And then as things like changed through the history of CrossFit, like they changed little things about main site and people would go nuts, go bananas over it. It's always been that way. And I think that Stu's highlighting something that like maybe is a deep, dark secret in like the gym ownership space within, you know, CrossFit functional training. He's like a lot of people kind of like that at a certain level. They like the drama. They like the things that are going on. They like to make big deals out of it. Whether or not that's good for business, I'm not going to comment on that, but it's always been that way. Yeah. I mean, well, and think about it. And we talked about this before. CrossFit's a really unique business. And I actually don't envy the position. I mean, we've kind of been in a similar position. So like, for example, when we rebranded from NorCal CrossFit to NC Fit, dude, the pitchforks came out for sure. Because people they weren't looking at it like just as a business. So for example, if your local grocery store shifted from a Safeway to a Lenardi's or another brand, as long as they're providing the same food, the same service, you probably wouldn't care that much. But when your gym, something like you really fall in love with, and in particular like gym owners for CrossFit, it's a methodology, it's a sport, and it's a brand, and it's a business. It's so many things, right? And a lifestyle. And a lifestyle, right? You'd be walking around back in 08, 9, 10, 11, 12. You see someone with, uh, you know, you know, nanos on, you'd be like, yo, what's up? Or yeah, you would just know. And that culture that was created, that cult-like following, which we've talked about, it's such a blessing for the growth of the everything. But it comes with a lot of emotions attached to it. And that's a challenge, right? Like, again, when we rebranded from NorCal Cross to NC Fit, I saw it firsthand where members felt connected to this thing more than just a business. They feel connected to it like, um, I mean, shoot, we, we even had people, we had one guy propose on the floor of our gym, which we were all about, right? So it's interesting because as a gym owner, you want to create a sense of culture and community. And that's ultimately what helps grow your business. But at the same time, people get so connected that any little shift in your business, which you think is going to help project you know, forward, almost looks to them like they're changing a little bit of themselves or, or um, you know, people don't like change. And so I guess on a, on a very magnifying level, right, imagine how that is on an HQ level. So if we feel it or if gym owners listening feel it on a micro level, imagine on a macro level, right? These people have bought into this vision. They bought into CrossFit, the anti-globo gym, whatever. Any change feels like they're attacking you personally. And I think they can't separate that if there's a business and there's a, a, a methodology and, and whatever else. So anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say is this – we sh- they should have seen this coming is is what I would share, and maybe they did. And they just didn't care. And you know, MDV, what I was <clears throat> saying before we hit record that I thought was super interesting because I've been reading the Morning Chalk up the past week. And the MDV King- doesn't want to milk cows. We got to talk. Oh about yeah, that 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 too. Um, Whoa! So <laughs> it, it came out that um, you know they had an all staff Zoom call for everyone at CrossFit to like kind of explain the, the letting go of Dave Castro and the people that they sourced for the story said that, you know, one, it was a 30 minute call and at 30 minutes, it was like cut off. They didn't take any questions after the 30 minutes. Apparently it was Eric, like clearly reading from like scripted remarks the whole time. And then only answering like questions that were submitted beforehand. Um, so it was just like, it was, and, and a lot of obviously the, 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 quotes and the feedback from the people that had, you know, reported on what went down is just that it felt like this very disconnected, cold kind of like, you know, as opposed to recognizing the fact that, you know, even if like this is the right direction for CrossFit moving forward, even if this is like you genuinely believe that 
for whatever reason, like the way you want to go and the leadership team you want to build, Dave isn't a good fit. To not have like the pulse on how much of an emotional like move that is in a lot of the crucial people on your team and to not have like, I mean, we've had many things that haven't even been as impactful, obviously, as something like this that we have, you know, like a town hall, like answer all your questions. Like we want to talk to people as much as possible. So I thought it was really interesting and strange that this was, you know, the follow-up call to this with the team was such a like 30 minutes done on the clock. And again, I don't know behind the scenes if they're like being receptive to like, you know, having one-on-one calls with them. I don't know. But based on the story in the morning chalk up, it seems like the first communication that they had over there was a little disconnected and cold for yeah. the gravity of the decision. And maybe he, that maybe that's the way they feel, right? Like, and I know I've felt this before um, at times we're like, dude, you know what? I don't have anything else to say. This is the direction we're going. We're moving on. Right. But, I, but, and I quote uh, Rosa said, I'm, I'm reading from the morning chalk up. Uh, I did not feel um, he was the right fit to build this collaborative leadership role for the sports team going forward. This is simply the, the why there's no other reason um, while not all of you may agree with my decision, my hope is that you will one day understand and respect my right to make it. And that's it, right? And that's like kind of like a quote. And I, I, I think at, the, at a high level, right, here we are a couple weeks later, I think that anybody looking at the situation could have figured that they could have probably done a better job communicating it from the get-go and probably even now. But maybe their, their take on it from an HQ perspective is like, hey, man, we don't need to explain ourselves to anybody. We're moving forward. And if you don't like it, you could leave. And yeah, but – you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, this, right it's or wrong. So, it's so tone deaf. It's so tone deaf. The whole thing is tone deaf. And I know that that's like a buzzword within uh, culture right now. But like, dude, he does have a responsibility to explain it to constituents because he's got how many? 15,000 affiliates. They pay you. They respond to you. It's the same type of responsibility that HQ has when they do things that are wild out there, that they have 15,000 people who go, hey, what the fuck just happened? You know, like that to me is somebody who's looking and I don't know, Eric, from uh, from Adam. I've never met the guy before. But what this looks to me is this looks very corporate, very cold, very tech, very straight down the line. This is how we're going to do it. And what that does is that ignores the whole social and cultural construct that CrossFit is really built around. Like that's the big deal here for me is that it seems like the community is being ignored in a way that like. You have to know they're going to fucking care about Dave Castro being fired. Yeah. And if you don't know that, who the hell is advising you and fire that person 100% of the time as fast as you can? Well, when, when Rosa first took over CrossFit, one of the things that I thought to myself was, was one of two things are going to happen. I knew all this was going to happen for sure because I saw it coming where, you know, if you have a new leadership team, there's going to be the old. Some of those people don't want to be, you know, managed. And if they don't want to be managed, they're going to have to go and pivot, go do their own thing or, or get in line. Right. If they, because there's a new leadership, there's a new sheriff quote in town. But one of the things that's interesting is how many, how much do they care about the growth moving forward and how much do they care about the OGs? And I think that there's going to be this interesting dynamic that's already starting to see is, are they going to play into the old school? Or are they going to say, hey, it's okay to lose some of those people? That's, that's not who we are anymore. We're, we're, we're the new version, and we're leading this direction, which is going to be a little less like it was and more as it is. And I'm curious in the next 12 months what that growth looks like and how many people spin off and go do something else. Um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting time. The next 12 months, I think, are going to be really telling if CrossFit made the right moves through all these adjustments, and they attain more people because of it. Or if they actually just flatline because they're losing so many of the OGs. It's, um, I, I pulled up the quote on the morning chalk of Instagram to see it. And just the first comment I see after it's the quote that Jason read is someone saying, write your own fucking open workouts then. So it, it's just, it's like the perfect, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect comment to like, I think, symbolize the, the, the emotional response from the community. And I think that it warrants a little bit more like you said, of, of kind of, you know, having a pulse and not being so tone deaf to the fact that, you know, this is a big deal for people, for affiliate owners, for coaches, for athletes. Um, and I, I do hope genuinely that, you know, even though this is just what's coming out on the morning chalk up, that there's more calls and communications maybe happening behind closed doors with, you know, as CrossFit always says, stakeholders, um, 
to kind of, you know, address the issue and communicate the why so that, um, you know, it's, it, it, it isn't this, you know, huge thing. But does it really change anything? Uh, sorry, I'm like, does it really change anything? So if you're a gym owner right now and you have cross on your wall, regardless of this decision, should it really change anything about how you feel about rocking that? Because if it does, that's a little weird too, right? Is, is, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what, what ultimately, I, I understand if you're a fan of the sport and you loved Dave and his programming and all those things, I get it, totally. But if you're a business owner that's paying an affiliation fee, should this really have any impact on how you feel? Uh, uh, why? I think, you know? I think so. I, you know, I think that, you know, this is a, a business in which people are believing in the brand and the leadership of the brand, right? Like, and you have to be able to trust that those people are understanding of what the community is interested in and what, how the community feels and understanding, you know, the ways that, you know, people think about this thing that, you know, they all love. I think Eric is, and his team are playing the super long game. And, you know, what you have to do sometimes in chess is you have to sacrifice your rook to take the queen, right? Like you have to give up a piece of your arsenal to take somebody else's bigger piece. And maybe that there's a, a, a analysis of the situation where it's like, we have a brand problem. We have a problem with how people perceive CrossFit generally out there in the entire ether. And for no, I mean, I'm not trying to throw Dave under the bus, but like the old guard is contributing to that brand issue. And the longer we keep these people around, the longer you're not going to be able to decouple CrossFit from gun controversy, CrossFit from Glassman, CrossFit from Floyd 19, CrossFit from all these things. And I think you know, deep down. Yeah. I think that that's probably true that like you have this tarnished reputation out there. And if you want to ever turn it around in which the entire culture or the entire population looks across it and goes, Oh, those guys aren't crazy. You have to make some really tough moves. I think the timing is still weird. I think the communication is weird. I still think it's tone deaf. I still think it's a lot of strange stuff has happened, but like, it seems like the long play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll keep up on it. I mean, like I said, it's, it's been in the morning chalk up all the time. I, I, I read the morning chalk up every day. It's just a nice way to stay in tune. Even though, you know, years ago, we decided to kind of create our own path and brand towards NC Fit from NorCal CrossFit. I'm still obviously a huge fan of CrossFit. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I, I wish them growth and the best. Um, but ultimately, we need to stay in control of what we're in control of, which is our business, our brand, and where we're going in the future. Go ahead. Yeah. MDVG has something I want to talk a little yeah, bit about one, the OE40. For sure. One quick thing, because I know we brought this up earlier. Gabe, you were saying, yeah, Gabe, you were saying that there's a, a couple of people who have been vocal on social media about this. And I, I'm just interested to hear because I hadn't seen it. So anybody out there who also hadn't seen it, I'm interested to see what some of these opinions were. Well, just the, the, the one that I think segues into an interesting topic that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, and if anyone's curious, it's just a comment on the morning chalk up post of the quote that Jason just read is Miranda, who kind of wrote a, a pretty long response that got a lot of love in, in, in the comments. And it was just, I'm not going to obviously read this whole thing, but what I thought was really interesting was pointing specifically to the fact that, you know, part of Eric's quote was that Dave doesn't fit into their plans for like a collaborative leadership team in the future and her saying that in her experience, you know, like Dave was a Navy SEAL and that he was a leader that like, and I'll quote her, never gave out compliment sandwiches and was just someone that like, you know, you really had to earn like his praise. Like it wasn't something, he wasn't giving out freebies, right? Like he was maybe a little too tough for some people, but she always appreciated the fact that he didn't sugarcoat anything. And it was just like, this is the way it needs to get done. Super high, like, you know, barrier for what he expects to see done. And he's not going to tell you good job unless like, you know, you did a fucking good job. And I think that it's interesting. And what I wanted to talk to you guys about is, you know, I think that a lot of leadership now and a lot of bigger companies now are so much about like, you know, the proper way to give feedback and making sure that you're not too harsh and people's feelings and so on and so forth. And I think that there's obviously a middle ground that's important, right? Like we've talked about this all the time. You can't just go shit on your people and then like, you know, walk away. Like there's a way 
to elevate people that doesn't just shoot them down. But I thought it was an interesting comment that she brought up and, you know, hers was obviously very positive feedback on her experience with Dave, but I can definitely see how in the world that we live now, Dave's leadership style, like wouldn't work. Yeah. But, but yeah. is that, is that to a detriment of where we're kind of going? So I, 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 I have to go and read Miranda's comment. I, I'm really interested in it. I respect Miranda a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's obviously somebody who's had a close relationship with Dave in a lot of different capacities as an athlete, as a, as a flow master on CrossFit seminar staff, somebody who worked for that staff for years. You know, Dave, you can't argue with his results, though. You know, if you, if you look at what he did for the organization in, in building the training team and, you know, the proliferation of seminars and, and level one trainers across the globe, the, the materials that they produced – the games, all this kind of stuff. Like he did an amazing job. The one thing that you could say is that Dave is not corporate. Like there's not a fiber of Dave's being that is corporate, you know, like, and I think that even if you don't know him personally, I don't know him super personally. I just transacted with him as a level one instructor. Like, but you could tell this guy's not fucking around with like corporate board meetings and like trying to kiss people's asses and stuff. He doesn't care about the latter. Dave could give a fuck. Like, and I think that that's the kind of style that she's pointing to in terms of his leadership, but it also got incredible results and people were loyal to Dave to the bitter end. And I am really interested, like Jason was saying earlier to see what happens over the next weeks and months with all those types of things that fall out from there. Um, I don't know, Jay, if you have any opinions on what Gabe was saying about like that kind of leadership style and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think leadership right now in general, it's like, kind of shifting from just Dave, but like thinking about it, like, so my sister works in HR for Apple and man, the stuff that she has to deal with it. She has to walk on eggshells all the time. These are my words, not hers. But I just think about like right now, everybody is very sensitive to anything. And I wonder where that's going to go in the future. Um, Because as a leader, you sometimes do need to deliver challenging news and I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're letting someone go, it's probably not going to always be the most positive experience. It just is a part of what you need to do to, to move forward. But, you know, I, I think ultimately, yes, Dave led a specific way. He was trained a certain way. Um, but, you know, to play the opposite side of that, you know, not everyone is a, is a team guy, right? Not everyone is a Navy SEAL. And so if he was used to leadership in that way, Maybe he didn't want to make those pivots and this is a new corporate environment and maybe it just wasn't right fit for him. And I'm confident like for a guy like him, you know, I think everybody talks about like CrossFit, maybe not doing this right way. And I agree, but ultimately, you know, the future is bright for everybody. Meaning like Dave's going to take what's in his control and he's going to go do some awesome shit. And he'll probably look back on this whole situation a year from now and be like, dude, I'm glad they let me go. Cause look at all these new things I'm doing. And maybe that's just me, the half glass full kind of guy, but that's the way I think about it. Um, but you know, from a leadership perspective, it is a difficult time. And I wonder what's going to happen in the future because we talk about this idea of like, you know, uh, micro adversity and challenges. And I think especially for children, like the other day, my son had, um, baseball tryouts and I loved every minute of it. These are seven-year-olds trying out for like double A, triple A, whatever. It's not like they're trying out for the major leagues, but they had to get out in front. Everybody makes the team, but they had to get out in front of the coaches and all their peers. They had to bat, they had to throw, they had to do this, they had to do that, catch fly balls. And they were rated right there on a clipboard. And um, I know this is a tangential from leadership, but what it was, was it was a, Caden was nervous and it was nice to see him go out there and get a little bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable because life is going to come in there's going to be challenging times and you got to push through and it's not always so soft. And from a leadership perspective, it's not always going to be easy, but I think that uh, ultimately as a society, we need to be, you know, more prepared to have a little bit thicker skin sometimes, including myself and not get so sensitive about things because ultimately in the long run, you just get pissed off and you know, it's kind of outside your control. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you there, Jason. It seems like, you know, specifically within corporate culture, like, you know, I guess the, the phrase of the kind of time is woke culture, woke culture, excuse me. You know, it feels like there's an heightened an extremely heightened, not just a heightened, an extremely overly heightened level of sensitivity, oversensitivity, everything, everything's got to be 
hunky dory for everybody at all times. Nobody's feelings can get hurt. Nobody can step out of line just a little bit either direction. You know, and I think that that is too, too much safety to a detriment. Like it's too controlled. It's too, uh, like it's always one way. And if it's any other way, if it's a different opinion, then it's completely wrong. And you're, you're, uh, not only wrong, you're an idiot, you're morally wrong. And you're like all these other things down the road. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. Like even right now I'm being sensitive about the things that I want to say here, but like, it just seems like it, it has gotten so soft is the word that you use. And I, I agree that there's no ability to, to like have any sort of discomfort. And this is beyond leadership. This is just like in normal everyday interactions too. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the woke thing, the discomfort thing, it's, it's definitely something I think about a lot um, because I worry that we're going to lose critical thought. I worry that we're going to just be in a society where you can't feel like you could bring up your opinions and share a different perspective on something. Right. Like, like, you know, here's a random example. Right. But it's like, if you're talking to people, like, for example, I'm on this EOE 40 and I'm eating primarily animal based primarily actually at this point I'm doing carnivore and I don't give a shit. I'm just going to tell people that's what I'm doing. But then I feel like I have to kind of like justify myself. So I say, Hey, I'm trying this out. I'm also open to other things. Right. But I'm trying this for myself to see how my body reacts and how I feel. And then maybe I'll try vegan and maybe I'll try this, but I, I feel like, um, we're at a place now. Vegan. What's that? Don't try vegan. Uh, all right. Well, I just feel like we're at a place now where, you know, people are afraid to discuss something that's not just like the, the typical line. And especially in schools, I wonder what's going to happen like in college, right? Where someone, maybe this is the, this is a thought process and they want to challenge it just a little bit, but they're worried about challenging it a little bit because they don't want to get ridiculed for that. Well, then are we just going to stay in the same status quo forever? I, I just, same thing goes with organizations and businesses. Like if you're not questioning just a little bit, right? Within reason, what, what ends up happening? You know, um, I don't, I think those are things to be aware of definitely that I'm, that I'm thinking about. Right. It's an interesting line of discussion. And uh, actually I was listening to Tim Dillon's podcast. Tim Dillon is a popular comedian uh, in, in today's oh, comedians have it rough. Yeah. And he's he had best. Joe Rogan on his podcast recently. And it's really interesting. I, I, I like both of these guys. I'll just call a spade a spade. Tim Dillon is hilarious. He's way, way out. of. He's all over the place though. And obviously Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. But what they were talking about at one point during the discussion was, you know, the fact that comedians have stopped playing colleges. They have just wholesale stopped going to colleges because they don't want to deal with the protests. They don't want to deal with the people outside yelling at them. They don't want to deal with the people, you know, staging walkouts. And, you know, Tim Dillon's take on it was really interesting because he goes, you know, they're trying to take all of the, the ugliness and the, um, the discomfort out of life. They're trying to take all the pain out of life is what he, he, the actual word he used. They're trying to take all the pain out of life. And when you take all the pain out of life, that means you need to cancel comedy because comedy is something that helps people deal with the pain, the gravity of life, being able to laugh at things that, you know, you aren't normally funny, but you get to kind of just go, oh man, I can, I can have some levity about this. And I don't think that's a good place to go. I don't think a life completely devoid of pain is the place that we want to be. It's like, well, you're going to get to the point where somebody's making all your decisions for you and you have some sort of credit score that you need to kind of always level up and you need to kind of pay into it to, to get the approval of whatever. I'm not a conspiracy. Yeah, theorist, you're talking now about place. some of the social credit score. That's a that's, that's a whole other. That's a whole another. <laughs> it's not it's not a bridge too far though. If if you think about it, you know, in terms of you know getting all of the discomfort and all the pain out of life, well, that means you don't have to make any decisions, and that means that somebody tells you what to do at all times. You don't have any sort of freedom, any sort of license anymore. Somebody else is just dictating where you go and what you do. And yeah, maybe it's comfortable, but you don't have any fucking freedom. MDV took it down. A... <laughs> no, I, this is a good... Tim Dillon's hilarious. It's all right. We'll all just be in the metaverse. So it won't matter. Dude, the metaverse is going to be where it's at. I, I think these are, these conversations are, are important because especially for me, you know, I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. And I think a lot about what will life be, you know, when they get to college and 
social media, we've talked about this before, the pros and the cons. And there's just, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, I was talking to my, my uh, mother-in-law last night and she used to be a travel agent. And I asked her, I said, if I wanted to travel from here to LA and I wanted to go book a hotel in the 1980s or 70s or whatever it was, what would that be like? And she's like, well, you had to do this, you had to do this. It was just such a different wave of information because you had to go through so many things to capture it where you had to go to the yellow pages, look for the phone number, call in, you couldn't use a whatever. Now you go on the internet, you have all this information readily available, which is a blessing and a, and a challenge, especially on social media, because everybody seems to be yelling at each other. And I think that, you know, I don't know, I, I just hope that things kind of ease up. I, I think I think they uh, are at a heightened sense, especially because of COVID, but it just seems like people can't talk anymore and they're just yelling. And I think it's a byproduct of social media. I think when you actually sit down with people, more times than not, you have a good conversation. Anyways, so what's up with the uh, uh, EOE 40? I want, let's, uh, let's dive into that a little bit because I think that I um, – We're on day I, four, day yeah. four of 40. So I, I weighed in today at 211, and um, I have not – and I'll say this. I have not seen below 200 on the scale since I was – before I went to high school. So I'll just, I'll just share that. I have not seen a 199 on the scale – since I was probably 14 years old, if, 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 if not even earlier. And I'm curious about that. I've gotten down to 201 for a jiu-jitsu tournament, never seen 199. And I'm wondering for the next 40 days, if I eat primarily carnivore, I'm adding in a little bit of fruit. So it's, it's like 40, 50 grams of carbs of fruit, and the rest of it is pretty much meat and eggs and bone broth, et cetera. That's what I've been doing. And I'm wearing this blood glucose monitor. I find it to be really interesting because before the challenge started, I went out and I ate like shit. I went and had old fashions. I was having, dude, I had this um, popcorn chicken that had a honey sesame glaze on it. Oh, delicious. Oh, but it, dude, it just went. And uh, Popcorn chicken Kalipa. Dude, popcorn chicken Kalipa. And, but now, um, you know, I've seen my levels be very consistent. Actually, the times I've seen my blood glucose spike is two times in the middle of the night, every night. It pops twice which I guess is something they, they actually call in it. There's actually something it's, it's referenced as. And then also when I'm exercising heavily. Now, when I talk to the team and I don't mean to go off on a huge tangent here, but one of the things I found was interesting is that the gentleman I talked to yesterday, my blood glucose spiked to a level I've never seen before, but only when I was doing jujitsu. So when I'm doing like our NC fit workouts and different stuff, they go up for sure. Don't get me wrong, but not like it did when I did jujitsu. And so I asked the guy, I said, why, why do they spike so much? He says, well, it's a, it's a basically a um, genetic, like, like, like long-term historical thing where your body gets in this fight or flight mode and it secretes as much glucose or glucose into your, in your uh, bloodstream as humanly possible. And it spikes it quickly. And so jujitsu is a good example of that because you had a high intensity, but you're also at like a heightened awareness because you're getting, you know, smashed on. And is that so I, I found it to be interesting. Is that to give you, that's super interesting. Is that to give you like energy to survive the fight? Is that literally what's going on within your I, body? That's fucking awesome. If that's true. I, I, I'm 99% sure that's what it is. I want to, I want to find out more, right? I'm just diving into this, but like, I'll give you an example. Uh, blood glucose average, like normal levels, right? At a, at a fasted rate, you should be underneath a hundred for sure. Now, mine have always been like at 110, 120. And I asked the guy, I said, why am I pre-diabetic? He said, no, just sometimes our monitors uh, rate high compared to like actually like a blood prick. But what's important, he was sharing with me, is not so much what your actual number is. It's how consistently you are in those zones. So you can make an argument either way. But right now, what I'm fighting for is keeping mine in a specific zone. When I went to jujitsu, I went from an average rate of 120, which let's just say it's actually a hundred, whatever, up to 200. And the highest I've seen doing NC fit workouts has been like 160. And so I found that to be really interesting because of that fight or flight concept that we're talking about. Yeah, it's super interesting. So my rudimentary understanding of an MDD is <clears throat> your blood glucose will go up two ways. One, you eat carbs, but two, we all have glycogen stores. So even if you don't eat any carbs and you're going to start rolling jujitsu, yep. your body's going to start releasing that stuff because you need it. Um, and it's interesting, Jay, because I wonder if it would be different. Like, yes, there's the workout aspect of it, but say you were like, 
thrust into doing like a do or die one-to-one with Froning for like an exhibition event, even if it was the same workout, I'm sure that that would spike a lot more because there's so much more than the workout. It's like, what's, what's at stake. Whereas like you taking the 1230 class at NC fit, it's not really much at stake. It's, it's an intense workout, but you're, you're chilling. That's your, your comfort zone. Yeah. I think if I was going for like an all out Fran against a competitor, I guess what I'm realizing so far from the data. And again, we're only like a week into this data, but so far what I'm realizing is that when it goes to your body secreting and, and providing that energy, it seems like there are additional factors than just only how hard you're going. Now, granted, I'm going really hard on the mats, but I go pretty hard when I'm in class and are in the garage, but it's not the same level of stress. Um, and so I'm going to keep diving into this more because I'm really curious about it. Um, like when I'm on the bike, though, for 20 minutes in the morning doing cardio, I don't really see much of a spike, a little spike, but nothing much, right? But when I go at it like a high intensity, hard, it goes straight up and then goes straight down right after. It's really, it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to providing you guys more clarity as weeks go on. That's really, really interesting. I think that, you know, uh, I was kind of shitting on you a little bit a week ago, Uh, a little bit, but mostly just ragging on you, just uh, giving you a hard time because you're my buddy. But this is the most interesting data that I would want to see from this is during the different types of efforts, how your body is responding with those spikes of, uh, glucose into, into your, into your system, you know, just anecdotally jujitsu is the hardest thing I've ever done in my fucking life. And I've done every CrossFit workout, every functional fitness workout, every type of training within this realm that, that exists, you know, and didn't, did it at top shape, you know, going for a two thirty Fran. And I did it when I was in not so great, uh, you know, aerobic uh, shape where I did like a, a 330 Fran or four minute Fran or whatever it was, you know, and uh, jujitsu is completely different when you're doing five minute rounds and you're doing two or three in a row. And then you take five minutes off and you do two or three in a row again after that, there's nothing that has ever felt that hard on my body aside. And I have to think back really long time ago from high school wrestling. Yeah, that's it. Dude, I, I got to tell you. So I was, um, so with Caden, I was at his jujitsu practice a couple days ago. And so, you know, they, they, they find a good balance between sparring and not sparring and technique. And, and Caden has been doing a lot of jujitsu with me, but he's really never worked with kids and it's totally different body types. And man, I saw Caden, he got mounted. So for anybody who's not very familiar with jujitsu, basically a mount is where he's laying on his back and some guy is basically sitting on his chest, on his knees. And it's very uncomfortable. And I'm watching him. And this guy kind of like, I mean, I'm watching Caden try and get out. And he's not as obviously super technical, but he's just muscling it. And I watched this battle. It was like a, a, a clash of the Titans. And I watched Caden's face and it just looked like he was so like jacked up. And it's because, you know, there's this other person trying to smother you and you're trying to get out. And so I, I think for anybody who hasn't tried jujitsu, obviously we recommend it. But it is, it is really fun to watch the kids do it because of all the lessons that they learn respect, mutual, you know, appreciation. There's so much that goes into that. And um, anyways, the glucose conversation I found to be really interesting. I'm not that I'm going to put one on Caden, but I imagine he would have a similar uh, spike. (laughs) I also saw Caden put a a pretty slick Americana on somebody there, you know, that you posted on social media. Yeah. Yeah. He was, well, yeah, he was working like a key lock Kimura and basically dude, he, um, Yes, he he's got a mean rear naked, a re a, a, a mean uh, like arm lock and uh, and also a, a arm bar. So, you know, but those things are worthless if you can't put them into action. And so, what was really cool is watching him transition from adults, where like you know I kind of give him positions and kind of help him out, to a kid who's not trying to give him shit. It was it was really cool to watch the, those dynamics. So he's been in every day. Um, it just took time for him to get comfortable being with another kid, which I totally get. Gabe, when are you going to uh, get on the mats, oh, get your bro. jujitsu game going? Well, I'm, I'm taking a uh, pretty cool course here in February that will have a jujitsu component. Which one's right. that? I'm taking Tim Kennedy's um, Sheepdog. Oh, you taking Sheepdog? Yeah. Oh, nice, dude. Where is that yeah. going to be out by you? Yeah, it's going to be in Austin. Um, they had a, a, it's pretty cool. They had for Valentine's Day a couples only um, oh. course. So me and Bloom are going to take it. It'd be cool because she's really into that stuff too. She is, dude, she's such a good shot. It's fucking, it's petrifying. We went the first time. She's never picked up a gun before. And she's like, it's impressive. 
but she that's, really enjoys it. So it's going to be cool. That's awesome. I, uh, I love that, man. Good luck on that course. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't um, wait to see Tim Kennedy fake stabbing Gabe on social media with like the biggest grin on his face. Dude. I, I, over I and hope, over and over. I'm going to text one of the instructors. Dude, I'm going to text him and tell him that if he sees you, he needs to give you shit. He needs to do something to you. I, I would love that. Oh, uh, we, we have to get a clip of Tim Kennedy just <laughs> destroying Gabe on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, he would destroy any of us. I mean, Tim oh, yeah. Kennedy is a UFC fighter, uh, you know, the most dangerous man on the planet. Also the host of one of the best binge-worthy World War II shows out, if you're a World War II buff, which was hunting Hitler or finding Hitler. I forget which one it was, but Tim Kennedy was on that show for multiple seasons, and he's amazing on it. I was binging yeah, it, and uh, yeah, it's super cool. Dude, so you're almost home now. You've been on the road for, what, a month, MDV? Yeah, so we left uh, Vancouver, Washington on December, early mid December, and we're going to get back mid January. And, uh, it, you know, uh, we could probably do a whole episode of like nutrition on the road, training on the road, training while you're in hotels or at home or where you don't have gear. Uh, but yeah, uh, looking forward to being home here um, tonight, hopefully. Wow. Yeah, I want to hear more about it. I know you went out to Gabe's ranch. I'm trying to take the kids there. So, uh, I, I think I am taking the kids there. I'm going to have Ava milk a cow. I'm Are you like Aiden. confirmed for that weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to, yeah. I got to confirm, confirm, confirm. But yes, I'm excited to get the kids out there. And, uh, you know, I was thinking we, we need to look for like a little mini bike on Craigslist or something. Just that Caden can go rip around your acreage. Because we don't have that out here in California, you know? So anyways, that's a whole like, different subject that I'll hit you up about. Like, an, uh, like a, a motorized bike? Yeah, like a little motorized bike, you know? Go find something on Craigslist for, you know, 100 bucks or something and just keep it out of your property. And anytime he goes out there, a little rip on it, it'd be fun. Well, he can ride the the 4x4. Four four. We have a Kawasaki mule. That thing kicks, man. All right, well, that could be a good, that could be a good that, one. I, I saw Gabe get in that thing and throttle it down the driveway, and it was like, whoa. Dude, <laughs> put a, way can we put a rope behind it, it and uh, maybe like some type of sled, put a rope behind it and just mash and have him just flying behind it? Dude, we could do whatever you want, man. Yeah, plenty <laughs> there are no of, rules yeah. on the farm. No plenty rules room, on the farm. Space. Uh, well, dude, we're four days in at UE40. Um, I, I'm really happy. You know, we got quite a few people to sign up for. I'm really stoked about it. For those people who 500, getting close. Yeah, yeah. For those people who haven't heard of it, basically it's 40 days of putting in the effort, right? So it's 40 days of 40 minutes of movement. So I've been, I've been doing two different things, right? I, I, like this morning, I walked with my daughter while watching Gordon Ramsay on Uncharted. Uh, we have a TV in the garage. I love that you guys do that. I love yeah. it. Yeah, dude. She's all about it, man. It's so easy. You just turn on TV, just low key, like, and not make it a big deal. And then, um, uh, and then I've been hitting it up workouts or jujitsu, et cetera, at our gym. Then it's been, um, uh, wake up 40 minutes earlier. So my, uh, my wake up time is 530, just full transparency except for yesterday i was coaching at the gym so i got up much earlier than that uh and then um we do uh keeping your uh sink clean which you know for us and our family basically it's about doing the monotony and so for me I, I throw my clothes on the floor a lot and so i have alleviated that at least for four days very proud of myself and then finally the nutrition piece this is the one that actually i'm really excited about um because i've been having a lot of joint inflammation i haven't been feeling as good and uh, I wanted to see what mainly carnivore with some fruit would do for my joints and my gut. And uh, four days in, my energy levels are consistent. I feel great. But, you know, that's where I'm at. I don't know about you guys. What'd you eat for breakfast this morning, Jay? Tell the people. What'd you get? Uh, so far, well, I mean, this is going to be super basic. Meat and eggs. So I, I, I basically steak, right? So I, I, I just basically get some like steak from the store. I mix it with some ghee, um, which I never really messed around with ghee much, but ghee is like a type of butter, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It tastes good. So I, I good jujitsu joke in there if you had one, but yeah, I think <laughs> <you missed> <laughs> uh, so meat, ghee and eggs. Now, um, I do, I did an allergy test a while ago and, um, they did say I had a slight allergy to eggs. So I might actually start removing those from my diet, but this morning it was meat, ghee and eggs. Um, and uh, that's been building up the majority of my stuff. Like last night, I had a soup. I did bone broth, chicken bone broth um, with some basic seasoning with some chicken in it. And then I actually added in eggs. So I made like my own like little soup. That's what I had last night. And um, I I've been getting rid of like the night binging of like almond butter and that kind of shit that I used to do. So we'll see. Nice, man. How do you, buddy? Uh, you know, one of... Days. 
Well, four days. One, one thing that I would recommend trying, Jay, if you're, you, you know, 40 days is a pretty decent amount of time is um, there's a bunch of brands and I can send you a couple that do, but doing the ground beef blends that have a little bit, not enough that you would even taste it, liver and heart. Um, just cause there are a lot of micronutrients that you can get from that stuff. And yeah. the taste is gnarly. I get that. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but in these ground beef blends, you don't even tell that it's there. And it's just a good way to get some of the things that you might be missing because there isn't that much variety in your diet right now. Can you order oh, those online? Yeah. Oh yeah. Send me a liver. Link. Yeah. Liver is not liver can be gnarly. Heart tastes essentially like ground beef. It doesn't really taste. It's muscle. Uh, any diff- yeah. yeah. Um, but you can also get, uh, there's a company called Ancestral Supplements. I'm not sponsored by them. Nobody on this podcast is sponsored by them. Oh, Liver uh, King, let's go. <laughs> Liver King. <laughs> Liver King. But you can get um, beef organ supplement pills or, uh, you know, ground in a pill form. And I've, I've been taking those. So, yeah, all good stuff. But, um, you know, for my nutrition, this has been interesting because I've, you know, I've done, I've tried keto, I've tried vegan, I've tried. Uh, carnivore. And they've always been on this like very restrictive side. And I've learned a lot from them. Um, and they've been like good learning experiences in themselves. But what I decided to do this time is like no snacking, right? So I have three, maybe four meals a day, if I'm going to be doing a lot out on the farm plus working out. So unless like I, so I sit down and whatever's on my plate, for that sitting is the only thing that I'm going to eat until the next meal on your sitting. And I just think it's been interesting because I have to be super intentional about making sure that like I'm covering all my bases. Cause I'm, I'm not necessarily doing this for like weight loss or to be in like a big caloric deficit. Like I just want to feel good. And I think yeah. it's been interesting to have to like cover all my bases and get enough food because sometimes you know how it is. Like you're having lunch. You're like, let me just grab whatever's handy because I know that if I get hungry in an hour, I can graze and grab some pistachios or go to the fridge and grab some cold cuts, but not being able to do that has been really good. And I have noticed that my digestion feels a little bit better, which again, might be all in my head. But part of the reason that I wanted to do this is if you're notorious for like grazing throughout the day, which I am, I showed MDV when he came over, like my workstation, even though we have an office is in the kitchen because I like having the fridge right there and the pantry right there. Cause like essentially between every call I'm going and like grabbing something to like, you know, right. kind of snack on. So it's been good to have these like big meals and then just like not eat during the day. So it, it's been a cool experience so far. It's been easy, but again, it's only four days. Well, to, on that note, uh, Mark Bell <clears throat> sent me like a a private podcast yesterday. I I mean, this sounds weird, right? But basically instead of a, instead of like a voice memo, he sent me a voice memo so long that it turned into like a wave file, whatever. And he went on about carnivore and about all that type of thing. And, and one of the things that he mentioned, which I thought was interesting is to avoid, uh, like he knows me pretty well. Right. So for the most part, I would not eat much. I'd eat a bar here, eat a bar there, go to like the Starbucks, grab a breakfast sandwich. I just kind of figured it out, right, as the day went on. And he specifically said to me, hey, Jason, like if you want to be successful with your diet for the next 40 days, you're going to have to really sit down and eat real meals yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. And that's been something that I've never really done before for, for a long time. And so like yesterday, I was coaching early, like early. And I brought food to the gym, I think for the first time in as long as I can remember, where I pre-cooked it and brought it in Tupperware. And that's been something that's been really helpful for me because normally what I would do is, let's just say I went to the gym and I was hungry. I'd run next door and go grab something real quick, but it probably wasn't the best option. So pre-planning the meals and then eating real meals has been been helpful for me. So similar to what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Something to be said about like also just having to think about like, hey, what's on my plate, right? As opposed to like, oh, I can grab a perfect bar really quick or like, you know, what is handy? Because then, you know, you end up being inconsistent if you're doing that. And I think that if for a lot of people out there that might be, you know, looking to whether it's count macros or lose a little bit of weight, there's so much like excess calories that you wouldn't even notice that can easily happen if you are like, oh, I'm just going to have some raisins here and some like trail mix here and like some nuts here and a slice of cheese here you know, you might be even tracking on my fitness power or whatever, but, and you're putting your diligent about putting your meals in, but you're not like super diligent, obviously about like the handful here and there of stuff. So I know that a lot of people that are, think that they're as dialed in 
to the point where they're weighing all their food, snacking is kind of that slippery slope where, you know, you feel like you don't need to count, you know, like three Aussie bites. Have you ever had an Aussie here. bite from Costco? No. Dude, oh, the, are you guys talking about the little like handfuls of stuff as you go throughout the day that add into yeah. your well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Well, I was it's saying that Mark Bell sent me a message yesterday just saying, hey, man, like I know the way you are and you like to kind of like dabble and not really eat and eat a bar <laughs> here, this and that. Just really sit down and have real meals was like his feedback. And it's been helpful. But um, yeah, these Aussie bites, we've never had them. They're from Costco. They're basically like, they're, they're, the, they're the best, man. Crack. Oh, dude, they make you feel like you're eating something healthy because it's like oats and stuff. But it's just filled with <laughs> like honey. Uh, it's so it's good. oats and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry I stepped away there for anybody who's listening. Uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, Euromycetisis. And I had, had nature called. But, uh... I don't know what that is. But, um, but guys, I mean, look, we got, I mean, we're coming up, actually, it's coming up on an hour conversation today. There's yeah. a lot going on. I, I'm really excited about what we're doing with the OE40. I'm, I'm looking forward to updating as we go on. I know, you know, MDV's been on the road. We should actually just do a whole conversation about how to eat better on the road. Training um, and nutrition on the road would be great. It just, you know, even like, you know, I'd be curious your thoughts on like, you know, stopping at a gas station, right? Are you, you running for the jerky? You, you know, that's a, it's always one that's like on my mind, right? Like you, I mean, what do you even do? Like, well, we'll talk about it on the episode, but Gabe's got some really great experience too, because he was cross country with Ariel, a little bit different situation because they had the Airstream. We had just the truck that we were driving in, but I think that we can cover this from a lot of different uh, yeah. angles and have a good conversation about it. It'd be a good topic for sure. Dude, yeah. So maybe next week we talk road trip and nutrition, unless we want to dive into something else, but um, Hell yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, uh, if people haven't seen about the EOE 40, make sure you guys check the, the show notes. Uh, if you guys want to check out Mr. MDV, where can they find you at, sir? Instagram is the best place to find me at MDV underscore FIT on there every day, trying to do my best to bring workout tips, daily inspiration, some controversy in terms of coaching, fitness, and health every now and again. So make sure you don't get triggered by that. But Gabe, how about you? Same Instagram underscore Gabe Yanez out workouts and all the adventures here on Woodside Ranch, bunch of farm animals. It gets pretty crazy, but it's fun to share. Awesome. Uh, you guys can find me at, at Jason Klepa. I'm uh, in our gyms on a regular basis, sharing that kind of stuff, getting after it. I got the family, you know, just trying to make sure they're doing what they can to stay fit, stay active. And uh, that, my wife's doing my wife's doing uh, keto, which has been interesting too. It's been great. Yeah. Hell yeah, Ashley. There we go. Yeah. Love it. And um, yeah, cool. Well, all right, guys. We'll have a great day. And uh, thanks for listening. Cool, guys.